Well, like I said, we're going to start on Jezebel today. She, as well as the Proverbs 31 woman, is two parts, um, which is probably not enough for us. As Americans, we have had 55 years of feminism teaching us how to live like the world and be like the American standard. Uh, but nowhere in the Bible does it tell us we're called to live by our country's culture. Uh, nowhere in the Bible does it tell us God even cares what our culture is. You know, we studied, studied Proverbs 31 for two lessons, and it never said in there, do all these things unless you're an American woman. Do all these things unless you're from China. You know, God doesn't care where we're from. His ways are always right and true, regardless what we've been taught by other people. His ways are right and true. So today we're going to learn a little bit about what not to do and hopefully see how to better do things in our lives by doing such, okay? All right, we'll start with our curriculum here. It says, perhaps no greater insult or condemning name can be applied to a Christian woman but that of Jezebel. Even the world has adopted the name to describe unsavory and wickedly manipulative women. And if the world recognizes it as evil, you know it has to be evil. They, they embrace a lot of evil. So if they're calling this evil, we have to know to be labeled a Jezebel is definitely evil. <laughs> Let us tactfully dissect the scriptures to uncover the lifestyle of this infamous queen of Israel to find out what made her so wicked. And, and with this curriculum, today's lesson and next week's lesson, Pastor Chris has designed it so that we'll have studied every, every scripture in the Bible concerning Jezebel. So we'll get to see all the ins and outs of her. And what we don't cover in here, you can take home and study even further for yourself. So our first verse is 1 Kings 16, 30 and 31. It says, And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, above all that were before him. And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Nebet, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. So we see straight from this first scripture here that Jezebel was not an Israelite. She was a Phoenician princess and was raised in a household of demon worship. So she didn't have a walk with God. We could stop right there and say again how critical it is for us to have a walk with God for ourselves. This woman did not have one. She wasn't taught one by her current surroundings. So that teaches us again, even though what, regardless of our current surroundings, we can't be influenced by the teachings of that, whether it's our home, our workplace, the American culture, we have to endeavor to be influenced by God's teachings and not the teachings around us because we'll see what it did to her life and we definitely don't want that for our own. So she was a, a Phoenician princess and raised in a household of demon worship. Her infamous behavior was learned from the godless heathens. And, and many Jezebels today, our last sentence there says, modern Jezebels likewise get their behavior style from the world. And that's not necessarily the world as in just movies and culture. It can be people that call themselves Christians that you run with. Because again, just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean you have a walk with God for yourself. There are many Jezebels that are going to go to a church somewhere this morning and sit and listen to their, their pastor or their preacher or whatever they refer to their man of God. They're going to go to church this morning, but that doesn't change the fact that they're a Jezebel in their heart. We have to make sure that a heart gets dealt with, that just because we call ourselves Christians and we come to the house of God, that we're not mirroring Jezebel's tendencies here, but we're mirroring Proverbs 31, which we studied the last two weeks. We're mirroring God's design for our life, not what we've been taught by other people. Because again, Jezebel was taught 
to demon worship. That's how she was raised. But we know with God, all things are possible and faith is now and we can change however we've been raised. If we're 50, 30, 20, whatever today, we can change going forward. And God gives us the grace to do that. And and he's going to start by bringing light to it through his word. So again, she got her influence from the world, not from God or from the scriptures. And as a single woman, that would want to encourage you, you know, to be godly so that someone would want to marry you, you know. It says that this man was was in sin for marrying her. We'll study that out in a minute. We don't want a man to be in sin for marrying us because we don't live for God. We as a single lady want to make sure that we're living for God. We're worshiping God. We have a walk with him for ourselves so that a godly man would want to marry us. Our point number two here says Ahab, the anointed king of Israel, sinned against God by even marrying this woman. Godly men will sin by marrying modern Jezebels. And to be honest with you, <laughs> modern Jezebels like to marry weak, weak men so they can stay in control. They will be drawn to a man that is softer than, than them, more timid than them, you know, not as outspoken as them, so they can continue to run the show. Because if they marry someone with a strong personality, someone that's fervent for the things of God, someone that knows his place as a man, she's not going to get to do what she wants to do because he's going to put her in, a, in her place as a woman. And Jezebels don't like that. They like to be in the place they want to be in, not the place someone tells them to be in. So we see here, you know, Ahab, he was the anointed king. You know, he knew God. He walked with God, but he sinned by marrying this woman. Point three tells us that Jezebel's carnal behavior amplified Ahab's carnal behavior. So because she was carnal, she was amplifying the carnality in him. And as women, we have got to make sure if you're single, that you're encouraging your friends in the Lord. If you're married, that you're pushing your husband forward in the things of God. You can't be the one that drags him down. You know, one of the things that I teach my Sunday school class, I have first and second graders. We studied the, the story of Daniel. And there were some men that made up a rule to catch Daniel and get him in trouble. If you go on to read that story, those men and their wives and their kids got thrown in the den later. So I teach my kids that we have to pray for our mommies and daddies. If you have a daddy, you pray for your daddy. He's the bus driver of your family. That's what I tell them. If daddy wrecks the bus, the whole family is destroyed. If you have a mommy, you pray for your mommy because she's the bus driver of your family. If she wrecks the bus, everybody's going to get hurt because the leader is the leader for a reason. So as a woman, it's, it's, it's foolish for you to want to pull your husband away from the things of God and not push him forward because basically you're teaching him to not be a good bus driver. You're saying, oh, honey, don't use your turning signal. It takes too much time. Oh, honey, you don't have to stop at that stop sign. We won't get where we're going soon enough. You know, so as women, we have to push ourselves, our husbands forward in the things of God. We have to say, no, honey, you go, you do that. We see in modern, modern Jezebels, our curriculum tells us that she didn't provoke him to serve Jehovah. She talked him out of serving the true God and into worshiping devils. And modern Jezebels will try to talk their husbands out of serving God. And it's for different reasons. You know, we don't have enough family time, so we should skip corporate prayer. Well, 
what if God has something for your husband as the head of your family at that corporate prayer? We don't need Sunday school. We'll just go to church. We don't need that other Bible teaching. Oh, honey, pastor wants you to do what? You've, you've already worked at church two nights this week. You just need to tell him no. You know, we have to make sure as women that we say, yes, honey, go. You serve God. You know, what, what is it going to cost you a night at home with, with your children? You should be thankful for your children anyway. You know how to bathe them, feed them, put them in bed. You don't need him to hold your hand to do those things. Now, I'm not saying men should neglect their families, but hear my heart in that this woman, she pulled him away from the things of God. We have to make sure that we're not that woman. You know, I, I, we need uh, to go on vacation, so we shouldn't tithe from January to June. We should save all that money for our vacation. Jezebel, you are not pushing your husband forward in the things of God. You're teaching him to sin against his God and provoking him to do so. You're supposed to provoke one another to good works. That's what the Bible tells us. You know, as single people, you can provoke your friends to good works. You know, if you're a single person, don't provoke your friends to skip church or to come do something carnal with you. Provoke, them, provoke one another to good works. That's what the Bible tells us to do. You know, and be, just make sure that, you know, you're okay with God. Talk to God. Say, I'm going to let my husband do whatever it is he's called to do for the kingdom. That may mean he misses something special that I would really like him to be at. But serving God does cost us some time, possibly, some money, possibly. But it's not going to cost us what it costs old Jezebel. I guarantee you that. And there will be great rewards for it. We talked about with Proverbs 31, you know, our rewards in heaven are far greater than our rewards now. So if you sacrifice your husband for an evening, time with him or, you know, whatever, there's a reward for that in heaven. You may not see it now and you may feel neglected now or, oh, woe is me. I never get to see my husband. When we use never and always, we're usually very emotional. I never, we never get alone time. We never get personal time. We never, we never. Yes, honey, you do, but your emotions are making it seem like it doesn't. But just remind ourselves that our rewards are in heaven. You know, for you to sacrifice your husband here, yeah, you want to spend time with him. Yeah, he wants to spend time with you. But you're advancing the kingdom of God together. By you allowing him to serve God, you are serving God with him. You're allowing him to serve God. There's a reward for you for that in heaven. You're helping to advance the kingdom of God. And you may not see it because, you know, you're at home feeding the kids and helping them with homework and putting them to bed, whatever. All you see is the dirty diapers and the dirty dishes at the end of the night. But God sees you helping him advance the kingdom of God. And, and there's nothing greater than that, than, than advancing the kingdom of God. Excuse me. So we have to make sure that our, our husband serving God isn't inconvenient for us. And in the natural, it may be, but we have to make sure that our hearts are okay and that our hearts are not inconvenienced by our husband serving God. Jezebel was not that way. She taught him to, to sin and to, to worship demons. She brought carnality into the realm of their marriage. And we'll see later, it influenced many more people. And we don't want that for ourselves. We want our family to be influenced by the things of God, not carnality. Because if we have children, we're teaching them, again, by everything that we do and don't do. We're teaching our children. With the baby on the way, that's more and more real to me. And I, you know, with this, and now that we know it's a girl, I'm like, oh, Lord, help me get all this stuff straight in my life so that I don't teach her bad things. I don't teach her God's things. So our second scripture here is 1 Kings 18, 3b, 4, and 13. 
says, Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly, for it was so when Jezebel cut off or slay the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. We see right here that Jezebel is killing the prophets of the Lord. She doesn't like them because they speak truth. And truth assaults the carnality in her that she does not want to change. Our first sentence here says, Jezebel could not stand truth. She could not stand to hear the preaching of the holy men of God. They confronted her wicked lifestyle, so she had them killed. And modern Jezebels don't like to be confronted either. Modern Jezebels believe what they're doing is the right way, and even if it's not, it's the way they want to do it, and they don't want you to confront them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, leave me alone. This is what I want to do. And that's what Jezebel wanted. She, we'll see how she wanted to live in a little bit. But, so she just had the men killed that were preaching the truth. She didn't want to hear the truth. And we know, if you've been born again for a month or two, you know God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Especially as women, we've got to make sure that we're humbled before our God, humbled before men of God, the truth of God, the word of God, so that we can be changed, so that we don't resist him, and then therefore end up God resisting us. And what the ladies in the jail, I, I tell them, you know, if God has his hand out like this, if I have my hand out, you can probably move me, Manda. Just like if your husband has his hand out, maybe you can move him naturally by your pouting, your whining, your temper tantrums. But if God puts his hand out, you are not moving him. If he is resisting you, you are not going forward. Now, your, your, your husband, you may have taught him to crack and bend and give way to you when you throw a fit, but God is not going to. That's going to cause his arm to grow stronger and stronger in resisting you. So we've got to make sure that we're, we're humbling ourselves before God. Modern Jezebels don't like to be confronted. They don't like to hear the preaching of the holy men of God. You know, a Jezebel, if, if she's a true Jezebel in her heart and the pastor stands up and says something she doesn't like, she may not even come back to church for a week. She'll protest in her heart, you know. Well, what, what does he know? What does he know? Modern Jezebels go on to slay today's holy preachers with gossip and slander and to cut them off in their heart. They use their mouths to run down godly authority. You know, today we're not going to kill the preacher, but we do with our words. We try to, to slay him, to hurt him, to discredit him. That could be your husband as well. The husband is the authority of your home. You know, you're not going to kill him. You'll go to jail. But you will use your mouth to run him down to your girlfriends, to discredit him to mama, to maybe murmur about him in front of the children so that you're justified to do what you want to do. If you can discredit the authority in your life, then nobody should have to listen to them because you've proven how wrong they are with your words, with your attitude. So you're justified to do what you're doing. If they're wrong, I must be right. We've got to make sure that we don't do that with our, 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 our leadership in the church and our leadership in the home, which is our husbands. You know, Jezebel's, when they don't like something... As far as the church realm, many a Jezebel has pulled her husband from where they're supposed to be. Just uprooted their family and left. Now, you know, God has mercy, and I thank God that he does because we all miss it every day. But if you, as a Jezebel, can't submit and you pull your family up from where you're supposed to be, 
then you've now placed your husband, yourself, your children in a place they were never designed by God to be, to meet people they were never designed to meet. You know, what if your child's spouse was in the other church and you've now pulled them up and planted them over here? Maybe some Philistine will come and sweep them off their feet because you put them in the wrong place. Anybody that gardens knows that things like certain types of soil, they grow in the right type of soil. So if you know you're supposed to be somewhere, just buckle up, ask God to help your heart, and just say, no, I'm, le- I'm staying here even if it offends me, even if the truth royally confronts my life, convicts me, you know, punches me so hard I can't even get up for two weeks. I'm staying there because that's the soil I was designed by God to be in. That's where I was designed to be planted. And, you know, and in doing that, you rebel, you pull your husband away from church, you pull your kids away from church because you're not getting what you want or the truth is really confronting your life. That is just, you're being selfish. That's you saying, I love myself more than I love my family and my, my kids, my husband and my kids. More than I love serving God, I love myself and getting what I want. And I don't think any of us, if we just we answered today and said, do you want to love yourself more than God? I think we'd all say, no, I want to love God more than I love myself. I want to love my family more than I love myself. We saw the last two weeks how selfless the Proverbs 31 woman was. She was always putting people before her. So we know that that's God's heart for us. I think we'd all answer and say, but we just have to make sure when the truth comes and when we're in our emotions and and things are coming that are confronting our life personally by the word that we are remembered, no, I want to put God first. No, I want to love my family more than I love myself. No, I I, I don't want to to run things. I want to be submitted. Because Jezebels, even if they don't want to leave a church, they'll want to help try and run the church by their words. You know, pastor, I was thinking... We should maybe do it this way. Well, now, if God's, if the pastor has given you the authority, like Anna does Mission Kids, she would have a right to say, Pastor, you know, this has been going on in Mission Kids. What do you think about us changing it this way? He's given her the authority over Mission Kids. But if Miss Susan says, hey, that Mission Kids thing, Pastor, I was thinking we should probably do it this way. She doesn't know a thing in the world about Mission Kids. She has no authority over mission kids. She's not even a helper back there. So she has no place or no right to be trying to run the pastor the way she thinks things should run. We have to make sure that we stay in our place. And the devil wants to get you out of your place. He wants to get you out of your place. Just like in the Bible, you know, hath God only spoken to Moses? Well, Susan, pastor, God, God showed me something about mission kids. You know, it doesn't always come the Jezebel spirit in like fangs and hissing and cat fights. She can put a sweet look on too. Pastor, I was just thinking, or with your husband, honey, can we do it this way? Well, when you know that your husband has already said, no, we're doing it this way. And you have to be careful because with the husband and wife, especially you're a team, you know, and your husband's probably going to bounce ideas off of you. He's going to ask for your opinion. But if he doesn't, you have to be okay with that. Just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's from God. And if you tell your husband, and you know, your husband's want to please you, now he's going to start to consider that. Well, if that wasn't from God, if that was from, (laughs) Pastor Barclay calls them pizza dreams, you had a pizza pizza dream, 
or, you know, from some unfamiliar spirit, or you heard it at work because some other girlfriend did, ran their house that way. Now you're introducing foreign objects into your marriage for your husband to consider as the bus driver. It's like saying, you know, we're going to go to Chattanooga, but why don't we take I-40 instead of 111? I-40 to where? You know, but that's what we do sometimes when we try to put our own way of running things in there. We have to remember that as women, you are not the head. Unless you're a single mom, you're the head of your household. But still in the church realm, you're not the head. Jesus is always the head. And as a woman, there's always going to be a man over you. And if that hurts your little heart, you'll just have to ask God to help you. There's always going to be a man over you. So you are never designed to be the leader. So your opinion isn't always warranted. You know, even with myself, Pastor Chris is, is open with me and he bounces stuff off me, but I have to rein myself and say, Lord, I think this about this situation. My husband has not asked me, so I'm going to just trust you to speak to him because you know he wants to hear from you. You know he wants to do the right thing. You know how well he hears from you. So I trust you to talk to him about this and I'm just going to take my hands off of it because I don't, I don't see things the way he does. I'm not designed to. I'm not the leader. So we just have to make sure that we want the truth, regardless of how bad it hurts us. And again, the truth is, as a woman, there will always be a man over you. I'll say that again. You will not ever be in charge. You know, you may be given some authority, but ultimately you will not ever be in charge. So our next verse here says, And it came to pass, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered and said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves Asherah a goddess four hundred which eat at Jezebel's table. And that's in 1 Kings 18, 17 through 19. So we see our first point here. Jezebel exposed Ahab to this Baal worship, and she caused him to trouble all of Israel. You know, she, this is again, she was right. Her way was right, so they had to worship Baal. Never mind the fact that her husband worshiped Jehovah, we see here that she won out. Her way was right, but not in the eyes of God. But because she was so strong and so determined, she won. Her way won out. She got what she wanted. And sometimes, women, just to get what you want is not the best thing for you or your family. Because, we, you know, she was selfish. She was in rebellion. She was taught the wrong way. We have to admit, sometimes we've just been taught the wrong way. We don't know everything. Sometimes getting what we want can be the worst thing for us and our family. And I, I know no woman in here wants that, but sometimes we so strongly want that thing that we want that we lose sight of, this could really hurt my family. We have to be mindful of that. You know, this Jezebel here we see, she stirred up trouble everywhere she went. And modern Jezebels do the same thing. They stir up trouble in their household and cause peace to leak from it. You know, we saw with Proverbs 31 that she brought peace and encouragement to the home. Jezebel's causing it to leak from it. We don't want to do that. You know, they stir up strife, they bicker, they nag, run their children down, run their husband down. Why did this get done this way? Rah, rah, rah. You know, and again, we talked last, last 
Sunday, you know, just because you're yelling does not mean you're getting your point across or even being accurate. You know, you don't have to be that woman. She stirred, this woman's stirring up trouble. She's stirring up everything that, that she wants to stir up. And modern Jezebels are the same way. They're addicted to agitation and are not at peace with peace. You know, modern Jezebels always have to speak their mind. And they believe their mind is right. Again, that comes back to your opinions are not always warranted. There's not always a, a right for you to give your opinion. What you think doesn't always matter. You know, in America, we have been taught you have a right, you have your way. Everyone needs to be heard. That's why, you know, just be you. You know, individualize and say how you feel and be how you want to be. You know, we need to be how God wants us to be. And how we want to be doesn't always line up with how God wants to be. So we have to change what we want. You know, we have to be in love with peace. We have to want peace for our households. We can't always talk our mind and, and just know that your, your way is not always best. You know, Pastor Chris cuts the grass at our house. If I were to say, honey, why on earth do you cut the grass this way? Why don't you do it this way? And some Jezebel, they do. They have to run everything. Why does it have to be this way? Why do I care? I don't have to cut the grass. He does. It gets cut. It always looks nice. Why on earth would you care other than you want to be in control and you want to have it your way? You want to have your hand on it. I don't care how he cuts the grass. I've never even used our lawnmower. I probably could figure it out. I'm smart enough, but I don't have to. You know, my husband takes care of that. Thank God for it. So if, if again, that's like with before the mission kid things. That's not Susan Gert's responsibility. We have to stay in our place. If something's going away and it's getting done and you think you have a better idea, it may not be a better idea. Your way is not always best. Your opinion is not always right and not always necessary. Now, I'm not saying you can never speak, you can never share things with your husband, but we're really looking at the other end of things where America has taught us we can say whatever we want, whenever we want, as loud as we want. And that's not how we want to be. That's not how God wants us to be. So again, our way is not always best. Our opinion is not always best. And, you know, if you really feel in your heart that something needs to change, talk to God about it. God can talk to your husband. God knows all of your husbands, knows exactly how well your husband does and doesn't hear from him, knows how to get a point across if there needs to be. You have to trust God in that. You know, trusting God is not... We know everything. Trusting God is trusting God and letting Him work everything out. So we have to trust God in our marriages too to know that God can talk to our husbands. God can change our husbands if something needs to change. A lot easier than you trying to change and nag your husband. You trying to nag your husband and get him to do things your way is only going to bring agitation and tension to your home. But you getting on your face before God, like we talked about with Proverbs 31, started her day out praying for her family and asking God for his help. So spend some time praying for your husband, asking God to speak to him, to make him better in areas maybe that you think you see shortcomings in. Instead of trying to always nag and, and get him to do things your way. So... Jezebels, modern Jezebels are addicted to agitation and are not at peace with peace. Jezebels are not peacemakers. They are agitators who love the sound of their own voice. You know, they, they just want to talk. They want to say everything they think, say everything that they feel. 
You know, one thing I was thinking about agitators, you know, you have a washing machine that has that agitator in the middle. You know, when you put your clothes in there, your clothes have to go with the flow, right? They have to. And if you're constantly agitating your family, you've taught your husband and your kids, they just have to go with the flow. Because if you stand up against something that's agitating, what's going to happen? You're going to have friction. If you stand up strong enough, something's going to break. And, you know, you've conditioned your husband, you've conditioned your kids. They don't want to break. Your, your, your precious little ones, they don't want to break. They just want mommy to be happy. Your husband has been beaten down so many times, he doesn't want to get beat anymore. So if you're constantly agitating, the family just has to go with the flow. And that flow may not be what God has designed for your family. That flow may be the wrong direction. Down I-40, you should be going down 111. You know, that's not necessarily the right thing. So we have to make sure that we're not agitating. We're not stirring things up. We're not making it hard for our children and our husband to, to live for God in our home. We don't want to be that one that is not at peace with peace. We need to be okay with peace. We need to be at peace with it. We need to just let things lie that are lying. Talk to God about them if we need something to change. So point number two says that they were, there were two sets of prophets, Baal prophets 450 and Grove or Asherah prophets 400. The Asherah prophets ate at Jezebel's table. The Asherah prophets, we see they're not prophets of God, they're prophets of a goddess. So Asherah prophets, we saw Jezebel over here killing the preachers of truth, and now she has dirty people eating at her table. She's taking care of dirty people. She wasn't taking care of the man of God. She was trying to kill him. And now she's taking care of dirty people. Let's go on here. She fellowshiped with the demon-worshipping prophets. So she's fellowshipping with people that amplify her carnality, people she can relate with. These people aren't going to confront her because they're dirty themselves. So she's liking to be around dirty people because they're not going to provoke her to good works. They're not going to challenge any area in her life. They're probably going to bring her down or she's going to bring them down. You know, so as women, we need to ask ourselves, what kind of people are we drawn to? Are you drawn to all the sass buckets at work that are always running someone down? Is that the kind of people that you want to keep friends with? And ask yourself, why? Why do I want to keep friends with people that still go drinking on the weekends? Why do I want to be friends with people that are slandering their husbands or, you know, living in sin, open sin, and not concerned about it? Why do I want to fellowship with these people? And truly ask yourself that. She wanted to because they're not going to confront her. They're not going to challenge her to do better, you know. And if you're a Christian and you think you're okay, but you're hanging out with these dirty people, they, oh, you're just goody two-shoes. You're just holier than thou. That makes you feel good about yourself. But you haven't walked with anybody that's truly walking with God to see how dirty you really are. We've got to be able to see the dirt in our life so that we can change it. If we can't see it, we can never change it. And if you're hanging with people that are dirtier than you, then you're not going to see the dirt in your own life. You're going to sin against the Bible because it tells us not to compare ourselves among ourselves, but people do it. So you're going to say, oh, well, I don't go drinking like they do. I don't live with my boyfriend like she does. So I think I'm okay. 
Well, all the while, God's screaming at you to change all these things in your heart, but you can't see it because you're justified because of the dirty people that you hang out with. So we need to really evaluate our friends. And we, we hear that all the time and we think, yeah, young people, you got to be careful about who you hang out with when you're in school and college. Young people, yeah, you, you got to stay away from the dirty people. As adults, we do too. That applies to us just the same. Especially, maybe even more so, because kids are pliable. They'll change if you show them the truth. Many adults and adult women, American women, are so set in their ways that if you showed them truth, they'd, they'd rebuke you openly. You know, they don't want to hear it. You know, Pastor Chris has shared before some of the hardest people for him to evangelize to are middle-aged white American women because they're so set in their ways. They've been taught by America how to be the Jezebel and how to be in control and how to be right no matter what is confronted, you know, no matter what truth is presented to her. She's right. We got to make sure we're not that person. So Jezebel here, she fellowship with the demon-worshipping prophetess or prophets. Asherah is the female goddess counterpart to the male Baal deity. I'll read that again because there's a lot Pastor wants you to hear from all this. Asherah is the female goddess counterpart to the male Baal deity. Oddly enough, Jezebel only fellowshiped with the men that ministered to the female goddess. So she's not fellowshipping with strong men of truth. Not even strong carnal men. These men worship a female goddess. So she surrounded herself with men that worship femininity. This speaks of homosexual perversion on both parts. Jezebel, for wanting to be worshipped, which is lesbianism, you want to be in control, you want everyone to bow down to you, and the male prophets for wanting to worship or be like the feminine form. So she, we saw her in the last verse we looked at, killed the men of truth, killed holy men, had them killed, except for the ones that Obadiah hid. And now she's hanging out and providing for, taking care of. She's feeding these people at her table. So they're in her home. They're at her table. She's fellowshipping with dirty, dirty people that are very perverted. They're worshiping femininity. She likes it because it boosts her up because she wants to be in control. So they're worshiping femininity, which means it exalts her, but also speaks of homosexual tendencies on their part. And we see a lot of that today that women love to have a, a, a gay friend because they have a man, but a man they can boss around, a man that won't stand up to them, a man that won't challenge any part of their life because he's dirtier than she is. Shameful. And it says here, uh, modern Jezebels are no different. They surround themselves with dirty influences, dirty women, effeminate men, and carnal friends. And again, that takes us back to these people can't hold you accountable to truth because they're dirty. Your carnal friends may call themselves Christians. But as we walk more closer and closer with God, he's fine-tuning our lives. And holy and dirty are becoming very, very far apart. Not that they were ever close together, but the world has put them close together. We have to make sure we're walking with holy people. We have to make sure we're running with clean people. Even if they call themselves a Christian, they may not be a clean Christian. They may have met Jesus one day and asked him into their heart, and they may live just as dirty as every other person that's never met Jesus. So we really need to evaluate our friends. Why are we drawn to the people that we're currently friends with? Coworkers, why is it easy for some coworkers to come to you when they're so dirty? 
Are they coming to you for help because they want out of their problem? Or are they coming to you to just gossip and chit-chat because they think you're just like them? That would almost maybe need to offend you if all your carnal co-workers think you are just like them. And it's easy for them to talk to you about all their sin and all their problems because you never confront them. You never give them any truth. We see Jezebel here. She didn't like to go to people that gave her truth. Your friends need to hear truth from you. You have life-changing truth on the inside of you, and they need to hear that from you. And eventually that's going to provoke them to good works, or it may mean that they don't want to be your friend anymore, and you'll have to be okay with that because you can't change them. But by you hanging out with dirty people, it only hurts your life. You need to be hanging out with them because they're coming to you for help. And you're, you're helping them. You're giving them truth. And they're receiving that from you. Otherwise, you may end up hurting yourself. So I would just challenge us all to judge our friends and see who we're spending most of our time with there. American Jezebels often have homosexual men as friends. The modern Jezebel's conversation is often laced with rebellion, slandering their husband, and the general mockery of men. And that is, that is very common. I went to the eye doctor and for some things with my pregnancy. My eyes were just drying out, not a big deal. But the lady said to me, she said, you know, I was telling her what was going on. The doctor is a man. Oh, he's just a man. He doesn't know about those things. The nurse, I mean, that's so common, so a part of who she is and how she runs men down. I'm a total stranger and a bit, I mean, a, a, a person at her business anyway. And, she, you know, she walked right out of the room and I was like, what? what? She doesn't even know me, but it was so easy for her to run her. It's her boss. The doctor is her boss. Oh, he's just a man. He doesn't know about those things. It's, it's very laced in a lot of American conversations with women, running men down, just snide little marks poking in there. We've got to ask God to fine-tune our, our radar vision so that we can see that stuff and not be a part of it, not fall prey to it, not, not partake of it, and not let it be a normal thing for us to hear. Remind women, you know, you have a husband. That's a gift from God. You shouldn't run him down. Now, your friend may not like to hear that, but she needs to. She needs to hear that if she's running her husband down. So our last verse here, 1 Kings 19, 1 and 2. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Ahab ran right home and had to report to Jezebel. This woman had so trained her husband that she was in charge, he had to come home and tell her everything. You know, Pastor Chris doesn't tell me everything he does every day. He doesn't tell me everything he does concerning the church, everything he does concerning you people. It's not my concern. Unless it is my concern, then he'll mention it to me. But this woman had so trained her husband, he had to run home and tell her all the details of what just happened. Shame on you if your husband has to report to you everything that he does and everything that goes on. Modern Jezebels like to run the show and have browbeaten their husbands into reporting to them so that they can make the decision. We see here Jezebel made the decision what to do. She, she said, uh, she sent a messenger. She didn't ask for permission. She didn't ask, honey, is it okay if I send a messenger so we can get this straightened out? She just did it. She wanted all the information so she could make the decision. 
Again, we're not designed to be in control. There's always going to be a man over you. Her husband was over her, but she had emasculated him so that now she was in charge. You know, and, and women today will slowly do that. And then when something hard comes up, they want their man to stand up and rise up. He doesn't know how anymore. You've taught him that that's not his role. You've taught your husband by your temper tantrums, by your, by your Jezebel ways, by your always wanting to be in control, always wanting to make the decision. He may not even know how to make a decision anymore. You know, sometimes when Pastor Chris will say, honey, you just do that. It take, you make the decision. We had a, a situation come up, and he couldn't be here, and I had called him to give him a heads up what was going on. And, uh, you know, me calling him, not him calling me to give him a heads up of what's going on. He said, you just make the decision. I don't want to deal with it. You, you just, and I was like, honey, I don't know if I can. You know, we should be, your man shouldn't be in that situation. He shouldn't be like a deer in headlights when he finally gets to make a decision. He should know how. So, uh, where was I? Jezebel's throw temper tantrums when they don't know absolutely everything because they're not in control if they don't know everything. You got to know everything to be in control. Jezebels are nosy. And again, the devil wants to get you out of your place. You got to make sure that you stay in it. You know, this woman, Jezebel number two, she issued a proclamation against Elijah. She spoke as if she was the one in charge. Modern Jezebels must always act as the family spokesperson, which is okay when it's authorized. But Pastor and I noticed when we meet couples for the first time, when the woman does all the talking, there's a lot to be said about that. When he says, hi, how, how are you guys? I'm Pastor Chris. This is Miss Manda. And the woman immediately starts talking. The man doesn't even get a chance to respond. She's taken his voice from him, which we see here. They speak for their husband, for they have robbed his voice and stolen his backbone. Number three, Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. She did not go herself. You know, Jezebels want to be real strong and private, but they don't like to be face-to-face -face with real authority. She didn't go to the prophet for herself. She sent a little minion to do it for her because she can boss that person around. She can't boss the prophet around. Modern Jezebels are big talkers in private and around choice company and often resort to notes and emails, but are spineless and insecure when it comes to face-to-face -face confrontation. You know, and if, if you will run your husband down at home and yell at him, I would ask you, would you talk to Pastor Chris the same way? You may have trained your husband to sit and take it, but you know Pastor Chris isn't going to. So would you talk to Pastor Chris the same way you talk to your husband? Because if you're not talking to your husband with the same honor and respect that you give Pastor Chris, you're in sin against your husband. He is first in your life, not Pastor Chris. He's your first head. Well, Jesus, but you understand what I'm saying. You shouldn't have more respect. Well, you should have respect for the man of God. But I say you shouldn't slight your husband. You should have just as much respect for him. So point four, Jezebel made a blasphemous threat against the prophet. And modern Jezebels also get in the habit of making blasphemous threats against biblical authority in their life. They threaten divorce, separation, quitting, defraud the marriage bed. You know, they'll use sex, marriage sex, not fornication, but sex in the marriage bed as a reward. Or they'll use it as a disciplinary tool for their husband by withholding if she doesn't get what she wants. That is sin. <laughs> that is absolute sin. You know, they'll say, well, I'll just leave. Well, I'm not doing that then. Well, well, fine. You just go to your mother's house without me. I'm not going. 
They'll throw a pity party or a pout. You know, they'll want to make all these threats. And really, we don't care. Stay home if you're going to have that attitude. I don't want you to go anyway. You're not threatening me. You're making my day easier by staying home. <laughs> so we have to make sure that we're the same person around authority that we are around everyone else. We don't threaten our husbands. We don't threaten our children. You know, pastor talks about the possum holler saying, well, I was looking for a job when I got this one. Threatening your boss. He probably wants you to leave so he can get someone that has a good heart to do what, they're, what you're doing. doesn't want someone there that has a bad attitude. Our last little bit here says, ladies, please be mindful that this attitude wants to attack you and attach itself to you. Again, we've been taught by this culture you, you can see, I guarantee you, you can see yourself in some of these scriptures. You can see your co-workers. You can see your friends. You can see sitcom TV in all of these scriptures we've looked at. It's laced in every part of our daily lives. So you have to be mindful of that, that it wants to attack you. It wants to attach itself to you. Be forewarned, this attitude is lethal and toxic and will surely destroy everything around you. If you have found any of these traits in your life, repent quickly. Modern Jezebelian attribute, more Jezebelian attributes to come in the next lesson.